All right, welcome back to the Football Talk Squadron. This is another episode. I am Maul. And I'm Dutch. And uh, today we're going to talk about a quick review of what we thought about the documentary, little docuseries, Swamp Kings. Much anticipated. Yeah, I'll, so I'll put it that way. I, I think we've been talking about this for years of just like, you got Aaron Hernandez, uh, Urban Meyer, the Pouncey Twins, Brandon Spikes. And Jesus. And, you know, yeah, second coming <laughs> of Jesus. And... You know, all the drama that's unfolded. We've been waiting for this documentary uh, for, for a long time. And we'll, we'll try to not give away too many spoilers, but uh, just from an initial review, if you're looking for the juice, if you're looking for the tea, you know, I just didn't feel like it was quite there. It, it seems like maybe they wanted to, and whoever was uh, producing it or directing it kind of maybe cut out a lot of the dark stuff. It seemed like they kind of... Uh, We'll get into it, but it didn't. It, if the you're preview, looking for the, the, the previews, made it seem like you were going to get the juice. Yeah, it was going to be like a 60 minutes type of uh, America's Most Wanted type to catch of story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less about football, more about the drama, and this was definitely more about the football. But uh, like we start out every episode, uh, we're going to do uh, two guests, the players here. So it's my turn to give uh, give Dutch uh, his his crack at yeah, uh, redemption for my Arian Foster pool. Oh my gosh. That and me stumbling over Devin Hester. All right, so you, you want to start out with past or present? I'll give you the choice. Let's go present. All right, so present. Uh, Stefan Diggs. Oh, Maryland. There you go. Yep. Nice. Dude, because we just uh, – my clue was going to be we've already done a Maryland wide receiver in one of the uh, – on the page there on Instagram. Yeah. And with DJ Moore. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had some stacked wide receivers there coming out kind of back-to-back -back years. It's definitely a school – I mean, I think Hall of Fame, the – first player that comes to mind mainly because of the nfl uh, football life with um matt mellon was oh, yeah. randy white oh yeah when he got put up against the wall like here's a high school kid that challenges like literally a super bowl mvp it gets like almost struggled to death like if you haven't seen the matt mellon of football life it is a fantastic episode but yeah i mean maryland it's it's one of those schools that you would think i know that for you that's like one of their your favorite helmets in their state flag, oh, yeah. if, I, if I remember it's, right. It's great. But it's definitely a prominent school. But you have one of those ones that you sit back and you're like, how in the world did he get to Maryland of all the schools? So, yeah, that's a great one. All right. Um, so for, for we're going for the past now. The past now. All right. So this player went to – sorry, he – yeah, he went to UMass. All right, so this is tough. think about UMass, right? I'm pulling out some, some tricky ones here. Then he played for the Giants and the Chicago Bears. And I'll give you a hint with the Chicago Bears. He was really only on the practice squad. Giants and Bears. Is that offense or defense? Offense. Offense. So you want to know what year he was drafted? Yeah, we'll go with that. 2010 undrafted 2010 undrafted but he ends up with the giants is that a mod bradshaw no um josh jacobs no what if i got up into the sauce dance i'm still drawing a blank on who what the yeah. salsa dance doesn't give it away no i'm just trying to think mainly because i have like a mod bradshaw and i'm thinking back with eli yep and yep who is he throwing to? Well, it wasn't 
Who was it? Who were you about to say? It's not Santonio Holmes. No. It's. Oh, no. Now I'm thinking of. There's literally oh. people screaming at their TV oh, right now. I'm thinking Mario Manningham. With the salsa dance. I can't. Victor oh. Cruz. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I would have. Dude, UMass. What a. I know. What a undrafted ter- UMass. Yeah, like, because UMass is that's, terrible. They, like, if that's the, you show up and play, they will find you. I haven't thought about Victor Cruz in know, forever. Right? That's a good one. God, I'm going to. Next week, you're. You're catching No, heat. listen, listen. No, I d- this is way harder when you're sitting here without the graphic that we're showing on screen right now. Like when you see it, it all, it's way easier when you can see the logos to guess the player. It's difficult. I, the difficult part is the UMass because for UMass, for me, I sit back and I'm just like, God, like the only guy that I can think I get he was Harvard is like that's where my mind immediately went was like, no, Fitz went the yeah. Fitzpatrick. Like it's just that those Northeastern schools like the Yells, the Harvard, Princeton, UMass, it's it's it is a mixed bag. They produce some heavy hitting guys, but it's once in a blue moon, and it's they almost like bury it. Like, oh yeah, he went to UMass. Like, yeah, because everyone's like, no, you don't even know who this guy yeah, is. Yeah, and his Monday Night Football, you know, when it shows Victor Cruz, he's probably claiming some high school he went to yeah. too, because he's not the he's, school of hard knocks. He's but, not claiming UMass. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, back to the God, those are two good ones. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to bring the heat next week with, especially after that Arian Foster pull for you last week. I take a look at the Swamp Kings, and for me, that was the biggest drama there was, is that I think the reason everyone counted it down is because, I don't want to say just because of Tebow, but it's like, you know Urban now better than you ever know knew Urban then, with how the Jacksonville players have like come out and been yeah. trashing him. He had you know, another health scare out of Ohio State that sort of took him out. But then it wasn't just the health scare. It was, I forget what that guy's name was that was pretty much, like, abusing his wife. Oh, is this, like, assistant coach or whatever? Yeah, yeah. That, like, all that drama. There was drama at Florida State when he left and had a health scare. So I really think that people thought, man, this is going to be the time that you're going to see, like, a lot about who Aaron Hernandez was, the Pouncey twins, like this, like. I think, I think Aaron Hernandez was the, like, probably the focus of like everybody really wanted to get the dirt behind him and unfortunately it's just one little bit yeah they mentioned him like one time where he gets into a bar fight and the local cops or lawyers kind of like sweep it under the rug and that's it And like he's never even mentioned in, in the rest of the the documentary it gave me the perception that florida like had a big hand in being like you can sort of talk about this stuff but if you want to shoot any scenes here we're not getting deep. Yeah, you're not like, getting any any dirt or anything back. We're like not that. getting all our wins vacated from this time period. <laughs> yeah. like, that's pretty and, much- and, and that's what it felt like. So they really made it more about football. And if you're a fan and you grew up during that time or remember the Tebow era, it's a great documentary. I mean, it'll get you pumped for college football for real. Um, just, to, just to remember how dominant for that five years Florida really was. Um but it is definitely the football side of the story, and there's vi- there is some behind the scenes on like how they trained, and they kind of went dark on that. Where there's a scene where Urban Meyer was basically like, "Look, in order to be a championship team, we're gonna make it so guys don't want to be here. Like, we're gonna train so hard that you're either all in or you're to quit. win, or we're gonna make you quit." And uh, again, they, that's like the one dark side that they get to is where. <clears throat> Well, that a player, former they player, kick him off. Yeah, they kicked the player off because he had some domestic abuse. 
thing filed against him, and then you know he ended up overdosing or something like that, and, and it ate at Urban Meyer, right? That was one of those things that it got. Uh, that was eating at Urban Meyer in the back of his mind. So when when Florida started becoming these like bad boys, uh, you know, like Miami used to be or whatever, instead of kicking them off the team, he was like, "How do we change it?" So that was kind of really the only dirt that that got released on, on all that. But uh, it was a, it was good behind the scenes on like what players were feeling and thinking and the pressure that they were under during that span, you know, to to try to achieve perfection. Which this is the thing I'll say about Urban is it's you feel bad for him. It's like this catch twenty two. It's like you want to know, you know that stuff happened there that it's like you want more answers to. And I know that everyone always makes like, oh, you know, the fake heart attacks and everything. But at the same time, you also understand, and I think both of us do, the pressure. Like when you go from high school, and we were sort of talking about this earlier. It's like in high school, you you just love playing football. Like it's. It's just fun. It, it's the, one of the greatest moments or or experiences that like a young man coming up can can have. You know, with your buddies, Friday night under the lights, guys you grew up with in front of your family, your hometown cheering you on. It, it is. It, I mean, it's like peak. Like this is awesome. And then you kind of get to that next level. And again, we both have the. Uh, the experience of playing collegiate football, you know, at the next level, even though, you know, for a small amount of time and going like, I can't wait to do this. And then you get to that level and you're like, Ooh, this is a job. This is different. Yeah. Like, and you don't want to say it takes the fun out of the game, but like, they're not there for fun anymore. They're there for, for wins, dollar signs and, and you know, the business. Well, it, and it is a business. And I think that's what the big thing that fans forget is that, you know, the second we, fans you hear it all the time it's like it's just a game and it's like no it's not like the second you leave high school and some high schools are businesses like igm like or img like they are a business like when you are paying recruits you know recruiting kids in high school it's a business yeah all these coaches like for urban you definitely get the weight of that there's two different things that like we'll sort of go into like this was really the start of the sec for like people who don't remember that time like you're coming off of where miami usc and texas have sort of been the kings of college football you have lsu win a championship in there but at no point is anyone really concerned with the yeah, sec I mean, it was kind of a mismatch like any any given time there was like a small little dynasty here small little dynasty there teams that were really good at any one time but it wasn't really dominated by any one conference yeah uh and then you know the sec i don't want to say was non-existent they, they were definitely there and, and competing but like they weren't running the table like they were right now no it, it was nothing like it i think that that for people who don't remember it and we were sort of having this conversation earlier i would challenge someone to show me a player not just in a one-year stance but over the course of their career that was more dominant and brought more national attention and just and really lived up to it than Tim Tebow. Yeah, I mean, like, and I get as a freshman, he was really just a sub package for the Wildcat. Like, hey, when we need a yard, but it, like, it sort of set the tone. And throughout it, he lived up but to it. But yeah, to say even to that point though, like, watch the documentary. Anytime he goes on the field, the stands erupt. Right? Yeah. They were booing the Florida Gators when they took him off the field. Like, what Wildcat random package quarterback <laughs> are are they cheering for and booing for like that? You know what I mean? Like it's it was he was a real deal. And Tebow changed really, we were I mean, this is sort of the hot take 
and I'd love to hear other people's, you know, comment on it, is I think Tim Tebow made the SEC today because of sort of the consequences. And they sort of talk about it, but they don't they never say this in the doc. The schools that Tebow chose between are Alabama and Florida. And when you hear that now, you're like, how did Saban miss on it? Well, it wasn't Saban. Saban wasn't there. Yeah. Saban wasn't there. Saban's at Miami. And Miami Dolphins. The, the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, he's yeah. in the pros at this point. And it's Shula's team. Well, Shula misses out on Tebow. Uh, Tebow doesn't have a good year, and that's when Mal Moore is like, enough. I'm watching Florida become this power. We have to make a change. He flies down to Miami, convinces Saban to come, and then it re- like that's where the SEC really starts to take off because of the recruiting. Saban's coming in. He's goes out and gets Julio Jones, who was really transformed their recruiting from that point on. And then two years later, guess what? They beat Florida in the SEC championship, which you see. And then that's like the changing of the guard for the SEC from Florida to Bama. Gives it to Bama, and then Bama goes on their dominant run. And it's not until right now that Georgia's on their run. But from that point, like you do have, you have your Florida State, you have your Clemson, you have Ohio State that have come in and won national championships. But in terms of where is the dominance been from 06 till now it's been the sec well i mean even on another level of that like if tebow doesn't go to florida urban My- that was like urban meyer's last hope right he'd oh, only yeah. he'd only been there for what two years when tebow came in and they were hurt and they were already hurting he was already like my job is on the line if he doesn't bring in tebow they probably don't win that national championship. They Urban gets fired, right? And they're like, okay, you were just some guy from Utah. Urban Meyer doesn't become who Urban Meyer is, right? Because that's where Urban Meyer got big. They they came and got him from Utah because what he did with Alex Smith. Yeah. But before he even got to Florida, they were like, you can't do what you did in the SEC. You know, you can't bring that over here. And if he doesn't get Tebow, he doesn't do it, and he goes back to wherever he goes, and the SEC might not become what the SEC becomes. Well, they even make, they mention his name, but they really didn't even like go into it. So he's a freshman on the team, steals a laptop. You know, I don't know if that was alleged or actually proven, but gets kicked off the team regardless. Yeah. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Yeah. Like if Urban gets fired, does Cam never goes to Florida, never gets, you know, has the laptop incident. Never goes to junior college. Never goes to Auburn. Doesn't like yeah, who I mean, knows the, where he it's goes. It's like Matrix level, you know, inception of you know. Yeah. D- Tebow started the SEC. <laughs> yeah. Wh- where did? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Tebow. Tebow was, was the, the birth reason. of the common of the current and you know modern SEC. It was Tebow. Because as much as we think of Urban Meyer being the reason, it's like really when you, I think that you definitely get that feel in the doc that without Tebow, Urban. The, the whole it, yeah, the, the puzzle pieces don't, don't fit because his offense was already looked at as like this is not going to work in SEC football. Brings in Tebow and it works. Yeah, and, and, I mean that that kind of goes back to the the weight that you're talking about of you know the 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 feeling and like the the expectation you're you know you have to live up to in order to you know play in the SEC and make these things happen. I mean like if you go to your job every single day and fail, like. No one's writing you death threats. Yeah, no one's writing you death threats, right? You don't have this like fear of like if I'm not perfect, like if if I just show up and I'm average today, someone's gonna write me a death threat. That doesn't happen. Yeah. No one writes your newspaper job when the mail doesn't get. Yeah, delivered. exactly. Like, but like that's what happens in college football, especially SEC college football. Oh so when goodness. you say it's like it's just a game, no, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. And I think anyone who lives in the South, especially for fans who are not living in the south even if you're not a fan of an sec school you 
do yourself a favor and just go watch a game and start talking to the fans out there. Like it's sort of, it's sad in one, in some instances, like you have people that it's like, I get it. It's Bama and this is going to sound mean. It's like you have people that are spending like half of their salary in a year to be able to go to games. It's like, we will be poor in other things, but I am not missing roll this. Tide. Yeah. Roll <laughs> tide. Like it, but that is, and it's not a shot at Bama. It's more just like, that is the level of fandom that comes from these teams. Like you grow up in an environment that it is only football in all of that falls then upon the coaches and the players. Like, yeah. you take a tremendous toll. I mean, we didn't play at a big school, but it's one of those ones that you still feel a lot of pressure coming in because the coach, you get it, I think it starts with the coaching, is you really get a sense that they're like, no, you got to do this. Like, it's no longer like, hey, bad play. Like, hey, you, you rub it off. It's like, no, dog, yeah, you, you messed up. You were like, one play away from, you know, going from a starter to third string. 100%. Yeah. And coaches will light into you. Yeah, they like, love to remind you about it, too. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I've I've got some – it's sort of like that uh, I've been chewed out before. Yeah. Like, <laughs> believe me. Uh, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah. I'm in front of a whole team, I've been absolutely field-dressed for – throwing a pick and it's just like you sit back and you're like yeah that's just sort of what life is because this is college football and you see you get a little bit of that I think the thing that the other part of the documentary that I really wish it had went into is they take a little time to build that championship the first one but then they really never talk about how Florida falls off yeah like it's they lose the BAM in the SEC championship, and then it's pretty just much urban. over. It's just over. Yeah, like I mean, the, that's how it happened, though. Exactly, but like you really don't get. That was like my disappointment. Is I really they sort of mention of it, like, hey, stuff was swept under the rug with crime, but like they never in the doc like ask the hard questions to Urban, yeah. like what happened with this, yeah. like, and that to me was like, you say what you want. That is, you know, whoever's Urban. Urban's agent is whoever's Florida's agent is. They were like, you will not ask these again. Questions. Like, it's, if if you're showing up watching this documentary expecting to get that, you're just not going to get it. But, and I think that the preview sets you up to think that you're going to get it, yeah. which I get. Preview sometimes the preview is always better than in. the movie. Yeah, it's still worth if you're a football fan, you owe it to yourself to go watch. I'll tell it. you what, though, dude. The, my biggest surprise, and I, I remember watching these guys. You know, it, it was they were so dominant. If you would have told me before we watched the, the, the documentary that in in Florida's dominant five years there, that they never go undefeated throughout a season and win the championship. Now, again, they got two natties in this span, right? So think yep. about not going undefeated and still winning two natties. I would have said you're crazy. And then the one season they do go undefeated in the regular season, they lose to Bama in the SEC championship, so they don't even win the natty. Like... I would have never guessed that. Like I, I would have, I would have lost that trivia question if if you'd have said that because I would have said they at least had one, probably two undefeated seasons, and that's how they got their natties. And that just wasn't the case. They always had a regular season loss. Yeah, it, it, which is nuts for when you think back to how dominant they were. You sort of forget the losses that happened, mainly because you just see the end product of the two championships. Well, it was also in a different era with the BCS. Oh and yeah. You know the the schedules were a little bit different, so most people had one loss. I think you know their their SEC championship with Bama was a one loss versus one loss, and then the championship right after that, where Oklahoma just jumped them into the number one spot, they both had one loss. Oklahoma had a loss as well. 
Yeah, well, that one against Bama at the end, they were both undefeated. That was the regular season yep. one where they lost. Yep. And so I take a step. I mean, it hurts me to say this as an Alabama fan. It reminds me very much of two years ago when we beat Georgia in the SEC championship and then had to face them again. If it was a 14 playoff, like back then, Florida's in. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way they're keeping them out. Florida's going to beat Oklahoma. Or, no, Texas. They would have played Texas yeah, and Colt yeah, McCoy. Yeah. It would have that would have taken so much weight off of Florida to then have a loss to then go in and then now it's just out for blood and I would have hated to have then had to go play a Tim Tebow in that Florida gang in the championship I, again. I like, don't I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I, I don't know. I feel like at that point Urban was already so far down that like perfection was everything and he might yeah. have still just been kind of whatever and and they might have gone into that game even more scared than they were the first time because they're like, oh, we already failed. You know, we can't do it. I don't know. That that could have been a – because Mark Ingram was hard to stop in that in that game. One, I mean, Bama was on a different level that year. It And Bama had – Tebow says it. Like, they had an edge because – and I don't think it was because Bama had nothing to lose. I think it was just like Bama was – they sort of as we talked about oh, the, in the college episode of Bama this coming year. 365 days of we're going to get them back. Yes. Yep. And they met their matchup in the SEC champion. They won at Florida. If it had been anyone else, I don't – it's not that Bama wouldn't have won. It just wouldn't have been the same game. But yeah. them playing Florida, that was the worst thing that could have happened to Florida that year was to see Bama again because Bama wanted them. Yep. And anytime – it's Ohio State-Michigan. Anytime those two – those type of teams that occur every year or has the possibility of doing it, and you know that sort of like this year, Georgia and Alabama, it's like if those two teams meet, like – Sign me up. Revenge like, is playing a big factor in that game. Yeah, don't disturb me. The door's locked. My phone's on silent. Don't call me until after the game and only if we win because this is going to be must-watch football. I think the only other thing that I sit back with the doc that on a funny note to end it is it reminds you just how different college football is that when Brandon Spikes like announces that he's going to Florida – like, it was funny. We were watching it, and my wife was in the room, and she's like, who's, who's that his... grown man? Yeah, that dude's 45 <laughs> years old. Who's Why does he have a beard? And I'm like, because he's, like, a unit. Like, my man looked like... An absolute refrigerator. Yeah, yeah, like, who knew that you could bench more than most pro football players? Like, did he go to the pros and then come back and go to high school and finish, and now he's going back to college? Like, that's what he looks like. And that, you sort of brought it up. And I laugh about it because I don't think that people who have experience playing against a guy like that, that dude's the team captain. Like, I can only imagine every single team has it. Like, I guarantee you at some point when he was playing high school, like, they went out and he, like, shook the hand of someone who's, like, 5'5", five, five, like, has barely spent any time in the gym. And that kid's like, I'm going to die on yeah. this field. I got to tackle him? <laughs> yeah. That's a business decision, yeah. coach. I'm out. <laughs> Yeet. <laughs> Not happening today. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be an accountant. Like, it's just those – it's a different level of athlete. And you really – it's led to that type of dominance. Like, he was a big part of the class. It really started that trend. But I sit back – for something, if you want funny, that's when you watch it, is just when he announces, take a look at him, and you're just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, this is why when they're like, oh, he's the number one recruit. It makes me – if you haven't seen it, you owe it to yourself. Go search for it. Kirk Cousins, a few years, this was a couple years ago, 
he posts a picture on Twitter, and he's like, this is Bo Scarborough in the 10th grade, when he, and he got an offer to Bama. Here's me in the 10th grade. Now I know I didn't get a call by Bama. Yeah. And, like, Kirk Cousins is your, like, exactly what I'm talking about, like, that scrawny little kid. Looks that, like a high school kid. Yeah. How and they're supposed to look. Bo Scarborough, you're like. Looks like he got a 9 to 5 with three kids, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I know. Oh, my gosh. Like, he was in the weight room since he was bored, like, just chiseled like he's a grown man. And you're just like. Oh, so that that's who Bama recruits. Like these are the this is the reason I didn't get recruited by these big schools. So it's something funny to see. But ultimately, you know, any final thoughts for the the Swamp Talks no, episode? I, I hope we didn't ruin anything for anybody. But you definitely, as a football fan, uh, deserve to go. Or you know, you you owe it to yourself to go watch. Yeah, it. it's the next one that will come out will be the Bama Dynasty. You know, yeah. eventually that's going to come out. Hopefully, they do a better job of just getting more in depth. It felt a little rushed, but. Ultimately, that's our recap. Any final words? Nope. All right. Thanks for joining us. Down to Pool Chalks. We'll see you next time.